good. Before we take our seats, first of all, welcome back if you've been on holiday. Uh, Gavin and Jane have had a great holiday, according to Instagram, and uh, that. But no, I caught up with them this morning. That's great. If you've been on holiday, if you've been to Cherish, hope you've had a great time at Cherish, and uh, that's so good. It's so great that so God has so many things, including holidays, that can refresh our lives, isn't it? And uh, I just want to mention one thing. I want to just mention United at 5 next Sunday. It's obviously a time shift, but we're going to make these nights extra special. And I just want to encourage everybody to come along to that because it's for the whole of our church to speak into the whole of our church together. Try and get us in one room. The evening will have worship and have teaching, but it'll have a different format uh, to what is usual on a Sunday with some extra special things. So I'm really looking forward to United at 5. And uh, really encourage you to come along and bring some people with you. There'll be food afterwards and stuff like that as well. Okay, you can take your seats. Um, Time is moving on, so I want to get into the message. Uh, Before I do, I want to welcome the fact today that it's a seven-service weekend for Icon Church. So not only have we got three services here in Chesapeake, we've got services in Derby, in Sheffield, and we've also got Sutton today and... um, uh, Sutton won't be joining the preach, but Derby and Sheffield will be as part of the preach. And, and so if you're in Derby and you're in Sheffield and you're watching this, welcome today. It's so good. And if you're new to Icon Church in any of those locations, we want to give you a huge welcome today. Come on, why don't we welcome people again and say it's so good to have you with us. So for three weeks, we're going to do a new series called Apprentice. And uh, we're going to do that in all our locations. And so we're going to stream the messages to Sheffield and Derby now for three weeks. And um, it comes out of a discussion we had in one of our leadership training days. We had a leadership training day and we asked this question, which seems a strange question for a church to ask. But we asked, what's the win? What's the win for us as a church? If we were, you know, if we were a sports team, we know the win. If we were Liverpool, we know the win is scoring more goals than Tottenham um, and, and so on. And there's a mention for you, Nathaniel. Um, uh, and, and there you go. Um, we know that's the win. But in church, what is the win? And it, why this is important is we can end up doing a whole load of things, but actually not what God wants. And we can do a lot of things because we think that's what we should do or that other people are doing them. But actually, what does God want? And so we spent a day and we just prayed and we discussed and we talked around and we decided for us, Icon Church, the win is three things. It's people finding Jesus, people following Jesus and people leading like Jesus. People finding Jesus, following Jesus and leading like Jesus. I, uh, we didn't do this on the day, but I've, I've kind of um, uh, reframed that a little bit in the fact that I believe that it links with what Jesus did when he called his disciples. He called them to be with him. He called them to be like him. And he called them to do what he did. Find, follow, lead. And so we, we are invited by Jesus to be with him. That's the start, isn't it? Finding him. Come follow me. We're invited to be with him and where he is. But we're taught to be like him. He teaches us to be like him. This is what it's like. The king, all through the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus all the time is saying the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is like, is like, is like, is like. He's teaching us what it's 
like to be like him. And then we're empowered to do what he does. You will receive power, he said to the disciples, when the Holy Spirit comes on you. So it it sounds simple, find, follow, lead. But I believe they're great measures. They're great measures. A people finding Jesus, people following Jesus, a people leading like Jesus. They're great measures for an individual. Am I finding, being with Jesus? Am I following, becoming like him? Am I being empowered to do what he does? They're great, they're great measures for an individual, but they're also great measures for a department in a church, for goo, for youth, for whoever, for a ministry in a church. And we've called this series Apprentice because I think the word apprentice in today's world is the best description of what it means to be a disciple. I mean, if I, if I said, somebody asked me recently in a coffee shop, I told this story to a bunch of leaders and they said to me, what do you do? And, uh, and, and I kind of said that I'm a pastor and, and you know, try, then they asked me to explain that. And uh, like I didn't do a very good job of explaining <laughs> what a pastor is. And as I was driving home, I'm thinking, you know, that's not really what I do. I'm a disciple maker. That's what I am. I'm a disciple maker. And, but if I said that, if I put that on my Twitter, you know, uh, like profile or my Instagram or my Pinterest, yeah, I've got Pinterest. If I put it on any of those profiles, disciple maker, people will look at me and think I'd said cult leader. It's not a great, it's not a great phrase, but the word apprentice actually in our modern world, I think is the best word to describe what it means to be a disciple and to be a disciple maker. So I want to jump into John chapter 1 and I want, to t- I want to read this few verses about Jesus calling his first disciples or his first apprentices and then I want us to think about being with him, finding him for a few moments this morning. Okay, so John chapter 1 verses 35 to 51. The next day, John, that's John the Baptist, was there again with two of his disciples. When he said, when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Uh, Turning around, Jesus saw them and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, come, find me, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying And they spent the day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who'd heard what John had said and followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, Simon, son of John, you will be called Peter or Cephas. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to Philip, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Now, Nathanael obviously had a problem with this because he said, Nazareth? Can anything good come from Nazareth? It's like telling an, a Liverpool fan that the Messiah is an Evertonian. <laughs> or an Arsenal fan that the Messiah supports Spurs. 
Like Nathaniel had a problem. Nazareth, can anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael, he said, truly an Israelite in whom there's no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael said, Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you, I saw you under the fig tree, but you will see greater things than this. He then added, very truly, I tell you, truly, truly, in the original, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Jesus calls his first disciples and all the gospels have some record of Jesus calling first disciples. But I want you to understand it starts with an invitation. And the invitation is, come and see. Come and be with me. And when we talk about people finding Jesus, we think of this as the invitation. That we, every week in Icon Church, we as Christians, are giving that invitation to people, come and see. Come and find out. There's an invitation from Jesus that says, welcome home. Come and find. And so Jesus invites us to be with him. And he teaches us to be like him. And then he empowers us to do what he does. Uh, I met Jeannie um, at a barbecue. It was an inter-church barbecue. She was going to another church at the time. And uh, their church decided to put on a, a barbecue for youth groups in the area. No, 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 youth, no church had large youth groups, but they, quite a few churches had small numbers of young people. And they thought, wouldn't it be a great idea if they got together? And so I went to this barbecue and like I, I saw Jeannie, I was introduced to Jeannie. And then uh, the person from that church who actually was Jeannie's boss, she worked for a, a Christian who was in that church, invited me back to his house for supper, invited Jeannie back, hello, to his house for supper. And uh, I liked her even more after that. But then I invited her to come to my house for this Sunday lunch. And I thought, if she can survive my house for Sunday lunch, then we've got a future, maybe. But you see, we got together because of an invitation. 80 to 85% of people go to church because somebody invited them. You know, in 2008, um, Tearfund did a survey across the UK, and they discovered that one in 20 people said they would say yes if somebody invited them to go to church with them. 19 people out of 20 said, no, we'd not go to church. But one in 20 said we would accept that invitation. You're alive today. Don't think about this too much, but you're alive today because of an invitation. But we'll move quickly (laughs) on. This is important because accepting an invitation can change your life forever. Offering an invitation to a friend or a relative can change their life forever. It can actually have a knock-on effect that changes the lives of many people. Some of you will have noticed today Nathan Blood leading worship. He was invited to church in school as a teenager by his friend Dan. Dan brought him along to church and, and, uh, and Nathan came with lots of questions and asked lots of questions, but eventually, you know, met Jesus, gave his life to Jesus. And then Nathan brought his sister Alice, who to, today I believe she'll be in Sutton 
and, uh, and she'll, she'll be serving there. And Alice now, together with her husband Jacob, is looking after youth uh, stuff in Sutton. Uh, Nathan and Alice brought their other uh, sibling, Jacob, along. Jacob, I believe, today will be in Sheffield. He's usually in Sheffield and is usually here tonight. And in Sheffield, he may well have, uh, be leading worship or uh, serving in some way there. Uh, Nathan, in church, met April. And, uh, and April brought her brother along, Lewis. And then Nathan and April gave an invitation to each other and they had a child called Roman. <laughs> All of that is a result of one invitation. One invitation. That's how powerful an invitation can be. A whole bunch of people serving God. Now there's all kinds of other stuff involved. April was already a Christian and all kinds of other things that were, are already happening. But that invitation changed those lives forever. You know, and I believe the invitation that Jesus gives us is to find him. And by finding him is to be with him. You know, and, and for us as a church, the win is to see people finding Jesus, people accepting the invitation to follow Jesus, and people who have already accepted that invitation to continue to find him, to continue to be with him. Because the, the, this is why it's important. And you might think, well, this is all about people becoming Christians for the first time. No, no, no. This is about you and me. Because here's what happens. If we stop accepting the invitation to be with Jesus, here's what happens. We become boring, dull, religious, and irrelevant. Some of those churches that the youth groups came to that barbecue don't exist. They don't exist today. And that's sad. And that's sad. But that's what happens when you reject the invitation to continually be with Jesus. You become boring, dull, irrelevant and religious. And we're not going to let that happen to Icon Church. So, three quick things about finding Jesus. Whether we're finding him, being with him for the first time, starting that journey, or we're determining we're not going to be boring, dull, irrelevant and religious, but we're going to find Jesus and keep finding Jesus and keep walking with Jesus. Three quick things. Here's the first thing. Finding equals belong. To find Jesus means belonging. I loved, uh, I think it was staff breakfast on Friday, Glyn talked about his daughter, Becky, who uh, many of you see, she's here most every Sunday night, Becky, and he said the wonderful thing about Becky is Becky now belongs. She's on a journey to believe. And I love that. I love that. Because when Jesus said, follow me, he, he, he didn't have an entry test. <laughs> he didn't say, okay, follow me. Now, do you swear? <laughs> Uh, like he did not have an he just said follow me he just said come and be with me come and hang out and that's the kind of church I want us to be welcome home come come as you are I think that's what we had on the top screen this morning as people entered here in Chesterfield come as you are belong I want to be a place where people feel that they can belong 
You so, see, these disciples, these two disciples who were following John, but then started following Jesus, and also uh, Andrew, who Jesus then met in Bethsaida, probably didn't know Jesus. Uh, some of his disciples did. Some of his disciples, actually, like James and John, were cousins. Some were uh, like family members, relatives. But these didn't know Jesus at all. But Jesus opened up the invitation for people who were far away from him to actually just come, hang out, be with him, and belong. And when they started to ask questions, Jesus just said, come and see. Come and hang out, come be, be here, and come and see. And, and I think that's incredible, that we can actually just open that invitation and say, come and see. Uh, Andrew goes to find Simon, who we know as Peter more uh, commonly, and he invites Peter. And look at the impact that that invitation has upon Peter. Philip goes and finds Nathaniel. And Nathaniel, uh, like we said, has got a few problems with the fact that Jesus comes from Nazareth. And I won't say it, what I said earlier again, but he's got some problems. But all that Philip says is what he heard Jesus say earlier, come and see, yeah. come and hang out. Yeah. Jesus invites us to be with him. Right. Look at these verses in Mark chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. In Mark 3, 13 and 14, again, the story of Jesus inviting some disciples. It says this, Jesus went up on the mountainside and called to him those he wanted. Come and be with me. And they came to him. He appointed 12 that they might be with him. Yeah. You know, the, most, the first thing and the most important thing of any disciple is that we are with Jesus. Yeah. Like you can start out as a disciple and end up as a religious person. Yeah. You can start out as a church that has a youth group and end up closing your doors. But Jesus called people to be with him and stay with him. And then it says that he might send them out to preach. He had a purpose for them also. You know, the number one way that Jesus introduces us to him is that he invites us to be with him and he invites us to be part of a community of other people. Philip goes and finds Nathaniel and he says, we found, found the one and can anything come from Nazareth? Nazareth Nathaniel has a problem. And uh, even today, if we've got years of experience or we've been a Christian for years, if we are going to grow and if we are going to see what God wants to do in our lives personally and our life as a church together, and that's where I want to be individually, we have to keep obeying the command of Jesus or the invitation of Jesus to follow him. And we have to come and be part of that community of people who are loving him and seeking him. You see, because people make a difference in our lives. The right people make a difference in our lives. Jesus people make a difference in our lives. People who've decided we are going to follow Jesus continually make a difference in our lives. That's why if you can find those people, you find them in, can find them in church, you can find them in connect groups, find them on teams, find them serving, find them in services. Those are the people you want to hang with because they will make the difference 
in our lives. It's the number one way that Jesus transforms us and invites us to be with him is to be with his people. But you might say, well, Paul, that's fine, but people disappoint me. That's true. People do disappoint us. But even in disappointment, you can still be with Jesus. Even in disappointment, you can still be with Jesus. So I tell people, if this is your first time, just keep coming. If this is your millionth time, just keep coming. Connect with the right people. You'll never grow in isolation. Don't think you and Jesus, you and Jesus in your bedroom, don't think you're ever going to accomplish anything because you won't. But you, Jesus, together with his people, can actually continue to grow. The second thing is find equals think. Find equals belong. Be part of the community of his people. But the second is think. You know, Jesus gives the invitation to belong, but he also in these verses, I believe, gives us the invitation to think, to find out. I love that phrase, come and see. Come and you'll discover. Come and find out. When, when you're around Jesus, you begin to understand how he thinks. You, you begin to examine his ideas. Jesus said things like, you've heard it said, but I say. You begin to realize that Jesus doesn't always think the way that everybody else thinks. He's got his own thoughts and his own ideas. And the Bible says that they're good and they're higher. higher. But also he allows us to examine. He allows us to look at things and examine. Is this, is this true? Does this work? Does this produce fruit in people's lives? One of my favorite verses is verse 39. And you'll see it on the screen where it says about them hanging out with Jesus. Those first two disciples hang out with Jesus for the day. And then John says it was four o'clock in the afternoon. I love the fact that John put that in there. You know why? Because you can check it out. If you were alive back in the day when John wrote this, you could have asked the people, what time was it? And they'd have said, oh, it's four o'clock in the afternoon. You can examine. John's inviting us to do what he did. You can look at the evidence. You can look at what Jesus did. You can, you can talk to the eyewitnesses. And you can realize this is not fiction. This is true. You can examine it. You can check it just like we did, John is saying. And, and when we are with Jesus, we can learn to think about things God's way. And when we think about things his way, we change. The Apostle Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament and was a prolific writer of the Scriptures, he, he wrote some words in Romans 12 and verse 2. Remember, this is the guy who wanted to kill Christians and destroy the church. But he finds himself planting churches. He finds himself having, having met Jesus and been with Jesus recognizing who Jesus is and he finds himself now building the church and he writes to Christians in Rome and he says this, he says, do not conform to the spirit of this world. I'm quoting it from my memory so it might not be exactly what's in, on the screen but don't conform to the spirit of this world. In other words, this world thinks this way but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and then you'll know what God's will is. When Jesus invites us to be with him, when he invites us to follow him, when he invites us to find him, he invites us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. 
You see, modern spirituality often says things like, well, it doesn't really matter what you think. It doesn't really matter what you believe. It doesn't really matter. You, you, you just think and believe what you want. It's all right. Just believe what works for you. No, Jesus says, come and find me and come and find how I think. Because this is a path of life and this is a path of health and a path of joy. Jesus doesn't say, no, it doesn't it matter whatever you think. He's saying, think. Find out how I think. Nathaniel, when Jesus says in verse 51 to Nathaniel, you're going to see heaven open and the angels of God ascending on the Son of Man. He's referring, of course, to Jacob's ladder, but Nathaniel would see that as what we're going to experience. Jesus is saying, what you're going to discover, what you're going to find out is that I am, I am the Messiah. I am the one that God's Spirit is on. And I have come to change the world. And I have come to make a difference. That all the Old Testament promises that God would come and visit his people and rescue his people and and bring his kingdom, all those promises are going to come true. And they're going to come true in me. You're going to find me saving. And you're going to experience a little bit of heaven here on on, on earth. Because you will see the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. You know, if you're not a Christian, do you know how I think you know when you've thought about these things? Is when you come to the place of believing one of two things. You come to the place of thinking, well, you know, these things that were written were all deliberate lies. You know, they made it up. And it's just an elaborate story that loads of people have believed in and therefore we're all on board. They're just deliberate lies. You come to that place. And if you're going to come to that place, I would just say, remember, these people were willing to die for this. They were willing to die when they were asked, did Jesus really rise from the dead? Did you really see him after the resurrection? If you say you saw him, you're dead. They were willing to die for the truth of what they knew. You either believe that it's deliberate lies or you believe that God did come in the person of Jesus and he invites us to know him. You come to one of those two places. Or if you're already a believer and you're already a Christian, how do you know that you're thinking is that you're in a state of ongoing transformation and change? That you're actually being renewed in the spirit of your mind, you're being not conforming to the way the world thinks. You're not conforming to the pattern of this world and the stuff, that the attitudes and the, the, the things of, of the world, but you're actually being made like Jesus. Yeah. You know that. So your attitude is changing. Your language is changing. Your humility is growing. You're a person of unity and honor and respect. You find yourself being changed because relationship changes you and if you don't believe that just get married and if you still don't believe it get married again because relationship does change you joke by the way if you're and the final thing is find equals belong find equals think but find equals discover you know people have got some questions I think in today's world they've got some big questions how, how, can, how can God be loving and there be all the trouble in the world? Look at the, the mess the world is in. Surely if there was a God, 
then we wouldn't be in this mess. The worship team can come back, by the way, because I won't be long. What about pain and suffering? There's always been pain and suffering in the world. Surely if there's a God, wouldn't he alleviate all of, Wouldn't he do away with all of this pain and suffering? What about uncertainty? We live in uncertain times. For us in the UK, and that means one thing, but in other countries it can mean a very different thing. But there's uncertainty wherever you live in this world. So what does Jesus say? Well, Jesus doesn't say what organized religion often says, which is, you can't question. He doesn't say that. He doesn't dismiss our questions with simplistic statements like, God can do whatever he wants. He's God. Jesus doesn't dismiss us with simplistic statements. He says, come and see. Come and find out. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Where's this taking us? Come and see. Come and discover. Come and find out. We want people to find Jesus because I believe when we find Jesus, we discover life. And potentially life to the full. I believe that we discover hope in the midst of uncertainty. We can have peace in the midst of pain and suffering. When we find Jesus, we can find life and hope and peace. And that's a great reason for us to continue that journey of being with Jesus. I wrote a little statement called The Church I See. Now, some have done really elaborate Church I See statements. And I think I'm going to write a statement for each three weeks about each thing. But it'll come on the screen, but let me read it to you. The church I see is welcoming to all and a place where every week people encounter Jesus. It's heaven's welcome map for all of humanity without exception. A place of faith, hope and love. The church I see is not religious, but relational. A place where others matter and the person of Jesus matters most. The church I see will do whatever is needed to create and maintain the atmosphere of heaven because it's in that kind of place people find Jesus and follow his lead. The church I see is generous, creative, positive, empowering and passionate. The church I see is our church, Icon Church. That's the church I see where people find Jesus. So how can we apply this? Well, let me speak to two groups. Maybe you're not yet a Christian, not yet a follower of Jesus, or maybe you're a young Christian, just a few years following Jesus. Here's how you can apply this message. Just keep coming. Just keep coming. Come and see. Hang out. Keep coming. Listen. Listen for His voice because He will speak and you will hear His voice and follow His lead. Just keep hanging out. Accept the invitation to follow. Maybe you've never made that decision. Make that decision today to follow Jesus. I'll give you an opportunity in a few moments. Maybe you're an older Christian. And by that, I don't mean older in your natural age, but you're older in the sense that you've been a Christian for many, many years. Here's how you can apply that message. Become childlike again. Not childish. Because older people can become childish. No, be childlike. Enthusiastic. Following Jesus. Determined to be with Him. Walk with Him. Keep walking with Him. Because I tell you what will happen if you don't. You'll become 
boring, <laughs> irrelevant and religious. But when we follow Jesus, we grow in our impact, become childlike again, fight pride. One of the dangers of getting older, I'm getting older, we're all getting older, aren't we? We're older now than when I started talking. There's an encouragement for you. <laughs> One of the dangers of getting older, you've seen a lot. You've done a lot. You've had some successes. When you can become proud, but fight pride, fight arrogance, and fight offense. And fight these things like it's an enemy that wants to kill you. Because it is. And it will. So be humble. Become childlike again. Read Jesus. We've got these uh, Bibles that we actually are going to give to every person who makes a decision to follow Jesus. And, but if you've already made that decision, you can purchase these. You can purchase them at the info point. They'll give the information. But these are called the New Testament Experience. It's just Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. And it's done in a magazine format. I'll tell you a lot more about them next week when we do United at Five and it's great. And uh, I bought one of these before I knew we could get them as a church. And um, I just read a bit of Jesus every day. And the reason I do that is not because I feel I have to, but I genuinely want to be the person who keeps following Jesus. Come on, let's stand and let's pray. And, and then we'll worship God together. So if you're not yet a Christian, or you're a young Christian, just keep showing up. Just stay in that place where Jesus can speak to you. That's true of all the Christians too. <laughs> just keep showing up. Because like, like, you know, you can be proud and arrogant and think, oh, I, you know, I've been to a million church services. Do I need to go to a million and one? You need to be where Jesus is. That's where we all need to be. So just keep coming. Listen for His voice. You will hear it. Follow His lead. And if you've been a Christian for some years, just be childlike. Not childish, but childlike. Fight pride, arrogance, offence. And be humble. And be humble. Follow Jesus. Just going to wait 30 seconds, Lord. And let the Holy Spirit put your word in our hearts. It doesn't need me to pray. It doesn't need me to say anything. Because you're here. So soften all of our hearts today and cause us to follow you. And while our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, if you're here today and you've not made that decision to follow Jesus and you say, Paul, I want to make that decision right now for the first time. I'm going to count to three and then I'm going to just ask you to raise your hand if that's you. You've heard me talk about this today, following Jesus, finding Jesus. And you say, Paul, that's me. I'm making that decision. Just raise your hand when I count to three in a few seconds. I want you to know that God loves you. He knows everything about you. I want you to know that Jesus died for you and he came for you. And so in a moment, at the end of me counting to three, I want you to raise your hand. So one, if that's you, I'd like to raise your hand. Two, three, just raise your hand right now. I'll see it. I'll include you in a prayer. So good. Father, thank you for a great time in your house. Thank you for a great morning. Thank you for what you're going to do in the life of our church today and in the weeks and months ahead. 
thank you for the thousands of people who are going to find you and come to know you. We've seen hundreds and hundreds of people over the years make a decision to follow you. But our future is littered with thousands of people saying yes to Jesus. Our future is littered with people saying no to religion and saying yes to following Jesus and embracing His will and embracing His word and embracing His attitudes. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Come on, let's close this morning by worshipping God and by giving Him praise and letting His word take root in our heart. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen.